When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, as I've told you, I've been spending an awful lot of more time lately looking at videos and images of the wild aquatic habitats that inspire me so much. And I think we're at a real inflection point in our little sector, sector of the hobby. We're long past the point of simply seeing if this botanical stuff works and are now into the next level of botanical method aquarium practice. Now, to me, it's really about working on aspects of replicating the wild systems from which our fishes come from. Personally, I'm ready for this. My next set of aquariums will probably more fully embrace the concept of functional aesthetics, which we talk about so much here. I feel like I, and probably you as an extension, have made a number of moves over the past couple of years into different directions that have definitely given me the skills and the experience necessary to put it all together and you know, move further out into a more unique direction. For example, I'm very, very deep into studying the substrate materials which occur in many of the habitats that we love so much. I know uh, having formulated my uh, nature-based product line and working on more all the time, there's a lot going on there. There's substantially different than those that we've used in the aquarium hobby for generations. The gravels and sands that we use are fantastic and they facilitate function and ease of maintenance for the widest variety of aquarists. However, many of them bear little resemblance to the substrate materials found at the, you know, the, in the bottom of the wild habitats that we attempt to replicate. In the flooded forests of South America, the Varzea, which are the flooded whitewater forests, and the Agapo, flooded blackwater forests, in these environments, the substrates are unique. The Varzea soils are lighter, more soil-like, nutrient-dense substrate. Higher soil-to-sand ratios, you know, minor amounts of sand. Minerals like Montmorillite are present in that substrate. They have a high water retention capacity. The agapo, on the other hand, is a much lower nutrient, clay-like and more acidic substrate material mixed with fine white sand, pure quartz, actually. It has a much lighter sand-to-soil ratio than the varzea substrates and tends to desiccate more quickly in the dry season. And another interesting thing about these natural substrates is that they accumulate leaf litter differently. The varzea, which is largely based on the vegetation which is dominant in these habitats, tends to have a greater leaf drop, which is processed and decomposed quickly. The leaves are typically larger and more deciduous. Nutrient-poor, low-productivity savanna vegetation like palms, sedges, and submerged aquatic macrophytes form the basis of the botanical influence in the agapo habitat, and the leaves which accumulate tend to be small, scleromorphic, and are decomposed much more slowly, often remaining less decomposed for extended periods of time, potentially years. These are important notes. So without giving you every single detail on these habitats, we'll discuss much more in the future. Suffice it to say that if you do your homework and read up on these distinct environments, you could utilize specific materials to replicate both the form and function of them in the aquarium. What does this all mean? Well, to me, it means that my next aquariums are going to be much more authentic representations of these habitats in terms of both form and function. 
they'll probably bear little resemblance to the biotope replications I've done previously. Well, I mean, they'll have some aspects, the darker, not quite crystal clear water, the heavy influence of botanicals. However, they'll have a much more dirty looking, siltier substrate and more habitat specific leaves and botanical accumulations. And I don't necessarily mean the right leaves, but the right sizes of leaves and so forth. The resemblance to the natural habitats they prefer to represent will be much greater from both an appearance and a functionality standpoint. The use of significantly different natural materials within the aquarium will require some slightly different approaches to maintenance and husbandry. The water will probably always look like it has a sort of patina or haziness to it. The substrate will never be perfectly settled and manicured in appearance. Materials may be disturbed by the fishes and the water movement will be carefully applied to A, more faithfully resemble the natural habitats and B, to avoid having substrate and botanicals in constant movement throughout the tank. That's a different thing I'll do. These sort of next level aquariums will not be loved by everybody, I guarantee it. They'll challenge the aesthetic sensibilities and husbandry concerns of, I don't know, a couple of generations of hardcore aquarists and aquascapers. They'll require mental shifts beyond those we've asked hobbyists to make previously. You know, dark water decomposition and accumulations of decomposing botanicals. To those who get it, they'll make perfect sense. They'll challenge you. They'll make you question your decisions. Yet if you really love the idea, I think you'll be pretty excited. Yeah, these aquariums are going to be different. They'll be more faithful to the natural habitats that we admire in both form and function. The benefits besides just seeing a totally different look will be an opportunity to more carefully observe the whole picture. Water conditions, substrate composition, botanical materials, and appropriate fish selections. And from these observations and challenges will come more insights into how and why the fishes live in these unique habitats and what behaviors are fostered there as a result. So... I think this is kind of an exciting time. The real blurring of lines between nature and aquarium is already underway. We've come pretty far challenging ourselves as a community. And now we're definitely sort of ready to move to the next level of natural botanical method aquariums. That canvas to me is kind of blank. It's something totally different. Now, I know that if you ask you know, a lot of different people, you'll get a lot of different impressions of what the botanical method aquarium all means, what, what it is. And I know that I spend uh, an inordinate amount of time dwelling on obscure and arcane topics in the, you know, the hobby. And I, I mean, somebody has to. We try to do lots of little projects here at Tandem, which are not only fun, but help us work through the basic philosophies that we operate by. Stuff like trying to figure out different ideas and either crashing and burning or succeeding wildly right in front of you. No safety net required. That's including the way I've been managing my business lately, trying different things and different ideas. It's very foundational. It's very liberating in a way. We have to push ourselves to do things a bit differently than we have done before in both theory and practice. It, it's what drives us as hobbyists and Tannen is as a company to sort of move the needle, if ever so slightly, of the hobby state of the art. It seems like in recent years, uh, very few tanks that I'd ever presented have have generated so much buzz in our community. It's the one that I've created for my Tucano Tetras. I keep coming back to this tank. I did it in 2019, I think it was. I mean, I felt it. It was something about that tank, the idea that was clicking. I'm not sure exactly what it was about that one, but it received a lot of emails, a lot of DMs, a lot of questions. To this day, it still receives those about questions that make me reflect even more about the simple philosophy which guides everything that we do here. I'm thinking that it's in least in part because it absolutely reflects our philosophy in a tangible way. I think that it's important to look at the work that we do as hobbyists, specifically the tanks we create, 
as little microcosms that are essentially our fish's entire universe. That's not too much of a stretch, but it's an important cornerstone philosophy, one that separates the natural style aquarium enthusiast from, say, the pure aesthetic aquascaper or breeder or even casual fish keeper. Even at the hobby's most basic levels, you as the aquarist create the physical environment for your fishes and are more or less in control of every aspect of its existence. You control the appearance, the environmental parameters, the population, the input and export of nutrients, well, like everything. And the health and lives of each and every organism which resides in the aquarium are completely in your hands, like 100%. Kind of an awesome responsibility when you think about it, isn't it? It is. And while our fishes go about their daily existence, not likely comprehending all of that and likely behaving in your aquarium much as the manner of their wild ancestors have for untold millions of years, what they do know is that this is their world. The physical structures you've created, the water parameters, the competing population of fishes, the availability of food resources, and the quality of water are just a few things they contend with like they would if they were swimming about in the wild. I mean, that's our hope anyways, right? This is one of the reasons why I've always had a near obsession with attempting to recreate, to some extent, as many of the physical and environmental characteristics of the wild habitats as possible for the fishes under my care, as many as are practical. All the while realizing that although they'd be residing in a closed system with many physical, chemical characteristics similar to what they've evolved to live under, it's not a perfect replication. Much though I might want it to be, and being of the opinion that replicating some of these characteristics is likely better than replicating none of them, I have no illusions about this. And there's a far cry between recreating the look and mimicking the function of the habitat. An arrogant assumption on my part, I suppose, but I mean, like every one of you, I'm fully responsible for the animals that I keep and take a certain degree of pride in that. I want the best for them. That being said, I'm personally not in the mindset of having to be you know absolutely hardcore about being 100% accurate biotopically in terms of making sure that every leaf twig and every botanical is from the specific habitat of the fishes that I keep that's for you that's for other people to deal with and I, and I love them for it um, that may be even for other companies to deal with if they want to specialize in regional biotope representations or whatever and sell products just for that or sell products from every region of the world I'm going to sell things that accomplish the things that we need to do on a physical level I place the emphasis on providing a reasonably realistic representation of the habitats from which our fishes come with, with materials and environmental parameters as close as possible to the parameters in the wild. That's kind of my governing philosophy. You could be a very reasonable owner pushing the state of the art of the hobby forward without obsessing over making every microsimian of conductivity or every ppm of phosphate in your tank a match to that of your fish's wild habitat. I'm pretty damn confident of that. Again, your fishes likely don't know that, having been captive bred for a few generations or collected from their natural habitat and being select, you know, subjected to all these varying you know, environmental differences along the chain of custody from stream to shore. Uh, uh, they likely don't even care. They're likely just as happy to be somewhere stable by the time they arrive in your home aquarium. Our fishes being genetically programmed by evolution to live under certain envi environmental parameters for millennia can't likely be replaced by a few generations of captive breeding or a few dozen generations for that matter. You know, just substitute a line or two of code and presto, right? Now, however, being able to acclimate and thrive, even reproduce in conditions significantly different from what they evolved under does indicate some good adaptability on the part of our fishes, doesn't it? And as an Aquarius, we benefit from this, even though our hearts may tell us it would be a cool idea to try to be 100% faithful to nature in this regard, despite the difficulties involved. 
Of course, all the while being fully aware that, for example, achieving and maintaining a 4.3 pH similar to the floating leaf litter banks of the Alicana stream in the Bronco River in Brazil, for example, is beyond the level of detail that I want to go into. It would be very cool to do, but it's just not what I want to do at the moment. I suppose my attitude towards these factors would disqualify me from personally being a very hardcore biotope aquarist, or at least one who would try to compete in one of those contests, and I couldn't give a shit. The Tucano tetras I keep, of course, they don't know this, nor do they seem to care. None of the fishes that I keep do. Rather, they're preoccupied with finding their next meals, socialization, and other more mundane aspects of their daily existence, as long as they're physically comfortable and free from high levels of stress as a result of evading predators and exploiting very limited food resources, I don't think one can make an argument that they really do care. And just because you're content with your aquariums being biotope-inspired as opposed to 100% faithful to replicating the aesthetics or the physical characteristics of the natural habitat you're into doesn't mean that you don't care or aren't doing a good job or aren't dedicated to your craft. What every fish under your care does know is that they're living in a stable, stress-limited environment that they can easily adapt and live out their lives in. And that's worth considering the next time you set up an aquarium, isn't it? I know it will be when I do it. Stay curious, stay open-minded, stay observant, stay enthusiastic, stay creative, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.